Hello, and welcome to the Leader Talks at Axiom podcast. This is a podcast designed to help all of us understand Axiom's leader expectations better. I'm Amy Elrod, and I look after talent development for Axiom, and I'm excited to be your host today. In this episode, we're digging into the expectation of lead with business savvy, starting with the competency of domain expertise. Business savvy means that we continue to grow our business knowledge, our understanding of Axiom's business and our industry, our financial processes and the impact that we can have on them, and of course, our client's business. The competency of domain expertise means that you have a deep understanding of your area of the business. Wherever you sit in the company, you continue to develop your own skills to have that expertise to lead your team and to be that thought leader to find new ways to bring value to your stakeholders. In this episode, we welcome Letitia Kanithia, who is a manager over our data security team, and Jerry Green, who is a director of delivery in the consumer brands area. Both of their roles really require that continued effort to develop domain expertise. Letitia's because she and her team are on the front lines protecting our clients' data. And Jerry, because she not only needs to understand Axiom's business, but her clients' industry as well, so that she and her team can increase the value they're bringing to those client relationships. I hope you'll enjoy our discussion on domain expertise with Jerry and Letitia. Jerry and Letitia, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to have you. It's wonderful to be here, Amy. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Well, to get us started, we always like to hear a little bit about your career, about what you do now, how you got where you are. We'd love to hear a little bit about that. Letitia, I'll start with you. Sure. Uh, Letitia Kinuthia, and uh, I am Letitia Kinuthia. I am manager and I lead uh, the data security team here at Axiom. I started off in security actually by chance. Uh, my, when I, I went to college and I did fashion design, and then I just got interested in computers and I switched. Uh, I did general IT for a couple of years, and then I discovered security, and I have been doing security now for the, for well over fifteen years now. So I think at this point it's my passion, and I have <laughs> no intention of changing my career again. Well, but it's good to know if you wanted to, you could go back and like design stuff for runway models if you want to do that as opposed to keeping us safe from bad actors. But that's, that's cool. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you. And Jerry, what about you? Yes. So I am a director of delivery in our consumer brands organization. And I started 19 years ago as an intern at Axiom. Ah. So I love our interns. I love to help them grow their careers at Axiom. <laughs> yes. yes. I started as a solution developer, but I quickly transitioned into project management. And that's where I spent a lot of my career in the automotive uh, industry. And for me, as a, as a PM, I learned how to develop great relationships with our clients mm-hmm. and how to delight them in the way that we deliver our services and also how to how to work with a team, right? And, and motivate a team. So our project managers, they are informal leaders and mm-hmm. that was really my start. And then about five years ago, I transitioned into people leadership in the retail organization and that's where I'm at today. All right, good. 
Well, Jerry, I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to ask you just to give us in your own words why you think that lead with business savvy is so important. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's important, not just from a leadership standpoint, but I think it's important for all associates at Axiom. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. as a leader, it's my job to to model that behavior, right? And demonstrate that when I am making decisions, right? When solving problems and setting direction for my team. I think it's important for all associates, Amy, because we're all empowered at Axiom to make decisions. And when we make those decisions, we need to be making them with the business in mind. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of quick examples of what I mean by that. Something as small as deciding who do I invite to a meeting? We want to be inclusive mm-hmm. in that decision, but we also want to be you know, sensitive to the fact that that takes time away from doing other productive work. It takes expense, right, to do that. And so thinking about that as a, who really needs to be there versus who just needs to know the outcome of it. That's a business decision that we make many, many times every day. Another example is really as we're interacting with our customer, whether that's an internal team that is our customer or is an Axiom client, we want to be able to do that looking through the lens of how they are seeing their business, their problems, Mm -hmm. and the decisions that they have to make. And so I think we all need that that business savvy and that knowledge in order to be able to just do our day-to-day. Yes, and not to keep bringing up empathy, which we've already talked about and lead with emotional intelligence, but I think what you're describing there is is having that business savvy, but also having customer empathy, really putting yourself in the shoes of the customer, whether that's an external customer or an internal one. And I loved the, I'm so glad you said the connection between inviting people and the financial impacts, that's a business decision. Like I'm super inclusive. I always want to have whoever can come to the meeting, come to the meeting. But if they could be doing something more productive, it's actually expensive to have them come. So great, great. Thanks. Letitia, what about you? Why do you think business savvy is so important? Well, I think security has been viewed, you know, negatively and as a stumbling block for a long time, right? Most of the time people will hear security and they envision, you know, us coming in with waving a big stick and, you know, kind of failing (laughs) that we work. So for us, we've had to take that step back and realize that we have to just kind of walk step by step with the government, with with the business, right? Just kind of Mm -hmm. alongside them. So my approach generally is always to ask myself the why question, you know, Mm -hmm. why, 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 why are the business leaders or what do the VPs want? What do they want to hear? They have goals, they have you know, so we try to align to those strategic objectives of the business, right? Mm. So that we're actually an enabler and not a blocker, right? So we've evolved security to the point where we do not want to overwhelm teams, right? We use our own strategies and techniques to ensure that we're filtering out, we're coming back to you, we understand the goals and the objectives, and we are marrying those together to show them this is why we want you to do the security. It will reduce this impact or it will save you this much or it will create this, these efficiencies. So security is just not no longer just that technical function, but we just kind of have to be very business savvy and align to those strategic objectives of the organization. Yes, and I think that's such a great point for all of us, whether we're in security or like Levi and I are in, I are in HR, if we just come to people and say, well, you need to take this training or you need to do this thing, yeah. they're 
probably going to push back on us. But if we can be business savvy and say, here's why, here's how it's going to help your business here. It's going to, here's how it's going to help you be more successful. Then people are more likely to listen to us just like you're describing. Good, good. Okay. Well, let's talk now about how you personally as leaders demonstrate this competency of domain expertise which is really just keeping your skills up to date, being that expert in the field that you're in. Letitia, you were taking us through a look at security and your business savvy answer. Let's hear from you a little bit on how you model domain expertise. Right. So with security, we have to stay curious, right? Hmm. Today, security covers such large, you know, sets of, you know, large set of topics. There's Mm -hmm. emerging technologies, right? If you look now, we're all in the, public cloud space and there's just so many technologies and just components that we have to constantly just kind of ramp up our knowledge. So mm-hmm. we have to stay curious. We have to be lifetime learners, right? We can never be complacent and take, take that step back and say, you know, we are done. Otherwise the business and our, you know, technical partners start moving, you know, faster than us. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that I just kind of find is, we have to we have to prioritize right we have to hire good people to stay you know to stay competent people you know and from a diverse you know just the diversity and inclusion as well from a diverse set of candidates to enable us to stay relevant to stay technically focused right we have to mentor those people and train them to align with our processes and our business you know procedures so that we can deliver and then we have to motivate them, right? Mm-hmm. So security is no longer just where you have the best tools and then you just deploy them. It's also a lot of the other business functions, right? And just collaborating with other teams. Ah, good. Stay curious, be that lifetime learner, collaboration, all things I like to hear. <laughs> Thanks, Letitia. Jerry, what about you? Yeah, I completely agree with Letitia on being a lifetime learner. And for me, you know, I, I think that we do a really great job at Axiom of making information available both internally and externally. And so we have a lot of information right at our fingertips. It's really about prioritizing and figuring out how to make the time to absorb it. So for some examples, you know, I, I love all of our, our training opportunities that we have at Axiom. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, the programs like the Know It Salad, right, that really keeps us current on what's going on with our own business. Um, but then there's lots of great Slack channels that post articles. So if I want to stay current on what's happening from a, an identity standpoint, the Real Identity mm-hmm. Forum, they're always putting articles out there. So I don't have to go dig and find that information myself. I just need to be a consumer of it and make sure that I put it into use, right? So that it, mm-hmm. it really stays with me. Um, I also love to pay attention to the, the marketing emails that come out so that I see how we're positioning ourselves out mm-hmm. in the marketplace. And there's so many great opportunities to go and listen to our own uh, leaders speak and hear how they're talking about our business. Um Another tool that helps me is just following Axiom and Chad on LinkedIn, right? And knowing, you know, what messages are, are going out um, so that I can not only share those as well, but, you know, stay current. And so I, I just think that we do a really great job with having so much information available that 
we just need to um, to find the time, you know, set aside that time for consuming it. And for me, that that looks like a, a little time, you know, in the morning, first thing mm-hmm. before it gets busy, right? To, to take in some quick info. And then also, um, I love our, our No Meeting Fridays for that purpose. It's a great <laughs> time to set aside a little training time, right? A time to read articles and such. Yes. And that's something that we heard. We actually talked to Tay Olinghouse on a previous episode about business savvy. And that's one of the things that he said is that on Fridays, he tries to prioritize the time to look at his week and see where he can fit in some of this learning and see where he can help stay up to date. And I love what you said that you you read the, the marketing emails. I'm sure marketing will also appreciate that, that you read the marketing emails and then you follow us on uh, on social media. That's a great way to know what's on the mind of our leaders is if you're keeping your eye on that, paying attention to what they're saying out there. So kind of simple things that you can do. It's not like you have to go sign up for a big industry class, which you obviously could do that, but you also can just use the resources that are there. So good. Well, Jerry, while while we have you, I'm going to ask you a follow-up question, a follow-up question specifically around clients, because keeping that domain expertise up to date, you have to be thinking about understanding what Axiom is doing, understanding our business. But we also always hear, consistently hear that our clients want more thought leadership from us. So what is your strategy for developing that specific expertise that you need to be able to bring that thought leadership to your clients? Absolutely. You're right. We do hear that a lot, Amy. And I think the key is to take that foundation of axiom knowledge and industry knowledge and then build on top of that my client-specific industry knowledge. So for me, that's retail. Um, Mm -hmm. My clients in retail. And so I need to understand what's happening and what's changing in the retail space. And then, of course, understand what's going on with their business specifically and their competitors so that I am Mm -hmm. better equipped to have those conversations. So I do that through following different retail news websites mm-hmm. and uh, our industry strategist is great at sending out different articles to keep us all informed. So making sure I'm paying attention to those, um, you know, attending uh, conferences when possible is great, mm-hmm. but building my LinkedIn network with voices of the industry has also been helpful so that I can see what is important to them. What are they sharing? Mm-hmm. Um, Because that really helps me to then, you know, understand what they feel is is a high priority. Um, One thing I think is really important, though, is to make sure that I'm taking that knowledge and also engaging my team in the conversation Mm -hmm. as well, right? So as a leader, I, I can't just be the only one learning, right? I need everyone on my team that's engaging with the client to also be doing that. And so... I have a group that they're, they work very closely with the clients and we meet about mm-hmm. once a month and we choose a retail topic and we kind of dive into that because one, we're all consumers. And so we can talk mm-hmm. about it from our own experiences, interacting with brands, right? And then we can talk about it from the standpoint of data and analysis that's happening for our client and what they're doing. And so I think that's a great way to deepen my own understanding and Mm -hmm. gain more perspectives from others, but then also get my team to think beyond their day-to-day task as well. Oh, that's great. I love the idea. Just get folks together, pick that topic that you can do a deep dive on. It can be informal. You're probably reading blogs and articles and talking about them, Um, but I love that. I love how you're leading by example with that. Good. Letitia, I have a follow-up for you as well. My follow-up for you is that 
Um, you, the role that security plays, we know, is so extremely important to us at Axiom and for our clients, the clients that Jerry is talking about, so critical that we're protecting that data. You're right there on the front lines doing that. How do you continue to develop that technical expertise to stay ahead of those hackers and the bad actors? How do you continue to evolve your skills? I think the first thing we have to do and what I encourage the team to do is understand the business, right? Understand Mm -hmm. our client base, understand the industry Mm -hmm. they're in. And when we do that, when we are at the solutioning level, we're able to come in then and be able to very quickly look at it and say, is this regulated? What are mm-hmm. the impacts we're seeing? What are the things mm. we're seeing around these solutions of these industries? Is it retail? Is it fintech, right? And then we are very focused and targeted when we are architecting to ensure that we have those threats in mind. Because when hackers come, they don't look at it. They don't have workflows. They don't have, <laughs> you know, they come in and they think, how do I break this? How can I break mm-hmm. this? So also getting that mindset, right? To think we are seeing these themes or we are seeing these trends in FinTech. How can you break this and designing in the offensive so that we're mm. thinking like them. We're thinking like the hackers and not just, and self-testing, right? Building these threat libraries so that we're also teaching our people in the front lines of writing this code, our developers, just having that cultural shift so that they're thinking when they're writing this code, they're self-testing. They're trying mm. to break things as well. Think like the person who's going to see the code when it's in production. So that's kind of how we do. Align with the industries and give our clients what they want. Some industries are very sensitive and more sensitive to, you know, these, to, 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 to just what's going out there. What's, you know, the threat landscape and they're on top of it. So which means Axiom and security has to stay on top of it as well. When they come to us, we are ready, mm-hmm. our advisories or ready to just kind of give them that detail and tell them how we are addressing what they're seeing out there. Yes, you didn't exactly say this, but in some of your answer, you were talking yeah. about having hacker empathy, putting your shoes in the, or putting yourself in the shoes of a hacker and thinking like a hacker. <laughs> Where might they be trying to break it? Yes. Yeah. How can I break this, right? How can I break it? Yes. Hacker empathy, not something we typically think of. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you both for that. And I think all of us understand, all of us know, no one would argue that we need to keep our skills up, that we need to keep learning. Everyone, I feel like, would agree with that. It makes perfect sense. But sometimes what we find is that things that are common sense are not necessarily common practice. So when you think about domain expertise, keeping your expertise up to date, what do you think can get in the way? What are some obstacles that get in the way? And what do you recommend that we do to overcome some of those obstacles? And Letitia, I'll let you take the first stab at this one. I think, what, first of all, the first thing is complacency. Like we cannot, mm. and we, as a, you know, yeah. people in the industry, in security, we just have to stay on top of it. Stay on top of, you know, what's happening out there in the world, like what's going on in the hacker world, what's going on in the business world and what's going on in the technical world. And for me, the way I see it and the message that I give to my teens is connecting those dots. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this really, really monotonous and boring process 
how it's <laughs> helping us. And when you connect the dots, you see exactly why we are doing it, right? It may just be a very simple process, but it's auditable, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's, 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 it's giving them the skill, but giving them, making sure that we're all ending up with that rounded, well-rounded knowledge. Yes. Don't get complacent. I think yes. that's a great message for all of us. <laughs> Jerry, what about you? Yeah, so I think that having the time and the opportunity to apply the Mm -hmm. knowledge are the two biggest obstacles, as it is with any training, right? Um, Really being able to set aside that time. So often we hear as leaders, you know, I don't have time. It's hard to do training, right? To find that time for that. Um, I really encourage my team and myself to identify those those quiet moments in a week, right? Mm -hmm. Generally, we all have them either it's first thing in the morning, right? Before people start slacking you in calendar <laughs> meeting invites, start dinging and all of those things, right? Or maybe you work a little bit later. And so it's it's the end of the day. Um, but finding those quiet moments when you can block it and say, okay, this, this is what I'm doing and adhere to that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think, as we know, if you'd go out and take training or read an article, if you don't do anything with that, well, poof, it's, it's gone, right? right. Uh, pretty quickly. And so sometimes we have to make our own opportunities to apply that knowledge. Mm. That can be simply, uh, you know, sending the article to someone and saying, hey, you know, I thought this was a really interesting article. Here's, here's why, right? And what I took from it and starting a conversation just by having a dialogue about it, it sort of embeds that knowledge better for us, right? And it's there then when we need it. Um, for the next opportunity we have to talk to a client, right, where it might apply or, or whatever the case may be. Or it might be that, you know, you need to, to actually create something. I mean, there's been times, mm-hmm. maybe this is just maybe and a little, you know, a little geeky here, but I've actually created <laughs> decks for no reason, Amy, other than just to get my thoughts down, you know, <laughs> like to, to try to bring it together and wrap my head around it better. And so sometimes, you know, you have to do things not because it's what you need in that moment for what your day-to-day tasks are, but because it helps you to further that knowledge. And so it's that commitment of creating opportunity to apply that I think is the biggest obstacle. I love to know that you make PowerPoint decks just for yourself. I think that's great. (laughs) But people do say, and I find this to be true, that the best way to learn is to teach. So if you need to learn about something, if you put the pressure on yourself to teach your team about it, if you think, I really want to learn about this specific thing in the retail industry, if you tell your team, hey, I'd like to share some thoughts with you about this in a couple of months, then you're going to pay a different level of attention when you're reading articles, when you're looking at, at websites or blogs to think, I'm going to have to take this knowledge, apply it, and then make sense of it for someone else. So I think putting together that PowerPoint deck is a great idea because you're kind of thinking, how might I be teaching this to someone? Right. Good. All right. Well, we know that this obviously is a strength that we could have to have this domain expertise, but we also know that if we take things to an extreme, if we take any strength to an extreme, it has the potential to become a weakness. With the lead with business savvy or specifically with domain expertise, this could show up where you're getting maybe too narrowly focused on a topic. So I'm really focused on the retail industry and I kind of ignore whatever is going around on around me. Or I might actually 
neglect my team because I'm like, well, I have to have Mondays are all blocked for me to be able to read these articles, whatever it might be. How do you find the right balance so that you are putting the time in that you need to put in, but you're not over rotating one way or the other? And Letitia, I'll ask you to start on that one. Sure. I think two things help me. And uh, these two nuggets, I think one, a mentor taught me and one you taught me. So in one of your trainings, <laughs> well, the first one is delegation, right? So initially mm. when I was a new leader, I want, um, I tend to be a perfectionist. So I like to do mm. things so that when I put my name to it, I'm proud of it. So delegation, right? So that I'm not just too narrowly focused on just myself and just making sure we, I have that perfect work product. It's delegated. Mm-hmm so that my team is learning alongside with me, right? If I know mm-hmm. how to do something, I need to make sure the others know how to do it as well. The other thing that, um, this is what, I think it's a multiplier effect, right? Yes. Uh, my aim is to produce as many mini-me's as I can, right? <laughs> so I know how to do something. As a leader, my, you know, my job is to make sure someone else can do it, mm-hmm. right? Just keep, keep, keep replicating and those are those I find that they kind of ground me why am I doing this task right can someone else do it can I delegate can I teach can I mentor someone else to be able to take it on ah that's a great way to not let this domain expertise become a weakness you're not so focused only on your your own development you're saying how else can I help someone learn this or who else needs to know this can it help somebody learn about this by delegating this task or by multiplying these opportunities so that they can come alongside me and right. they're developing it as well? Good, good. Jerry, what about you? Yeah, so I love that, Letitia. I think that goes right along with what I was saying about, you know, bringing together my team to talk mm-hmm. about a, a retail topic, right? And I think that's a great way to to share knowledge, right, and to grow knowledge. Um, I I think for me, it's key to to realize that this is important, but like with all important, I have to balance that with the urgent, right? Mm-hmm. And, with, and you know, when it comes to my team needing my support, that's going to usually take priority, right? If there is something that they need in the moment, then I want to be there to remove those roadblocks and, and support them. Um, so I kind of go back to that strategy of finding those quiet times, right? Mm-hmm. When When others aren't there and having kind of that set time, but then I'm, you know, I can't just sit in my office and read articles all day, right? It's not, <laughs> unfortunately, right? It can't just, fun, though. <laughs> can't just do that, do training, right? All those sort of things all day long. And so um, having kind of that key time that's set aside for it helps to sort of box it in to when I can do it and keep mm-hmm. it really balanced with everything else. Um, and, but, you know, knowing that I'm there for my team first and foremost to, to support them and make sure that we're continuing to keep our business running smoothly. Uh, as the top priority. Yeah, that's good. And I think we all kind of have a little bit of an understanding of the natural ebb and flow of when those urgent things are going to happen. You know, when the meeting notices start, when the slacks start to pick up. So you probably don't want to schedule your, your focused learning time during a time when you know that your client or your team is going to be reaching out to you. So find those quiet times, block that. But then of course we know that we need to be flexible too. Someone might interrupt your quiet study time and that's okay. We can flex to that. Well, let's learn about y'all. Letitia, I'm going to start with you first on this question. Right. What was your first paying job and what did you learn from it that you apply today? 
So my first paying job was immediately after high school and a family friend gave me a job as an office receptionist. Like I would sit in the office and man the phone and I was sitting in this office and it was a, I was supporting two people and they would be out all day. And I was bored out of my mind. So I think straight away that for me was a learning curve that I could never be, I have to be mentally stimulated at all times. Mm. And as you can see, you know, the, the, this is the career I picked for myself. These, these, you know, we are constantly moving, constantly, mm. you know, designing and reevaluating. So for me, it was just, yeah, being really bored. That's a memory <laughs> all day by myself, waiting for the phone to ring. <laughs> Now you might say a lot of things about your days right now, but I bet being bored is never something that you use to describe your work day. No. <laughs> no. Jerry, what about your first job? Yeah, I worked at um, a new core still. So it was a school to work program when I was in high school. And my job uh, was to work in the lab and do like data entry of the lab results. Mm. So um, the factory, they produced nuts and bolts, right? And um, unfortunately, sometimes there wasn't enough lab work to be done when I got there. And so occasionally I got the pleasure of sitting out in the hot factory and sorting bolts that had been accidentally mixed together of all different sizes in a large bin. They needed them sorted back out by size, right? <laughs> this was not an exciting job <laughs> by any means. Um, but what I did take away from it is that no matter what your title is, if you can help, you should help, right? Mm. And so that's really something that I've done all throughout my career is if there's somewhere that I can pitch in and make something successful or better balance the load, then I jump in and do it. Ah, that's a great takeaway. Good. And you probably also learned that you don't want to sort bolts for a living. I'm going to guess. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Well, Jerry, if you had a time machine and you could go back to when you were first starting your career, what would you tell yourself? Sleep more. (laughs) This is important. I think I worked a lot. (laughs) Um, But I think in all actuality, I would tell myself to drive my career more. Hmm. I'm not sure that I knew where the Axiom job board was for the first half of my career. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was, I, I was loving what I was doing and I was doing it well. And I was kind of just waiting for those opportunities to come my way through my leader. Mm. And um, that's something that I've really learned over the years that I need to do more of, which is make sure that I'm looking for those opportunities. And so that's mm. something I encourage my team to do. Not that I want to lose anyone ever from my team, but I think they should be thinking about what's next, right? What do they want from their career? Yes, there's so many great opportunities here at Axiom. So be sure that you're keeping an eye out for those and don't just wait for them to show up on your doorstep. Right. All right, Letitia. I think for me, it's uh, to be bold, right? And to remember, Mm. I don't have to do everything 100%, 100% perfect before I release. Launch Mm -hmm. minimum viable product and improve on it and just keep going. So I think... That's what I would tell myself and, and, and stop worrying and just let it go. Just produce, like don't, don't waste too much time waiting to learn hundred percent before you do something. Hmm. That's good. Be bold, get it out there. Doesn't have to be perfect. 
For yeah. sure. And I think that's one of the things also you've seen in the last few years, we are kind of riding on the shoulders of women who've been in tech now for a while, who've gone into, you know, to do some amazing things. And I think that's one of the things that's pointed out a lot, especially for women, where sometimes we hold ourselves back because we want to make sure we 100% know, know the skill, right? Yes. Whereas, you know, men will just kind of, you know, they'll apply for a job if they know 50% of what's on the on on the on the job requirements right so it's kind of like just telling myself be bold and just to anyone else who's listening out there be bold and go out you know enough already you know enough already that's right good well Letitia what's the best leadership advice that you have been given and who gave it to you I think for me it was delegate. I think initially, mm-hmm. and I think I mentioned that a little while back <laughs> in the conversation, initially it was like, take this load and just carry it. I think it's delegate. And I think mm-hmm. once, like I said, once I understood it, not only do we move faster and can we scale faster and have better results as a team, you end up, you're teaching people, but you're producing more. So delegate yeah. and move fast as one, as, as one big unit. Good. Jerry, what about you? Uh, Yes. So my best advice came from a former leader of mine, Angie Johnson. And uh, she gave me this advice back when I was a project manager. So informal leadership. Um, (laughs) She said that you have to let people fail. (laughs) And I know that sounds terrible. (laughs) But, um, you know, I... I have a very high accountability level and Mm -hmm. I put a lot of pressure on myself. And so it was like any, um, any mistake that happened right within the project team, I took as my own personal mistake. Mm. And so I, I think, you know, what I really took from that was, you know, not that you should ignore problems by any means, right. But you should definitely have the right processes and procedures in place and then let people do what they do best, right? Mm-hmm. And be there to support them and to hold them accountable to that. Um, and so it was kind of about not w- holding all that weight, but also not being on a path to be a micromanager, right? Of, of feeling <laughs> like I need it to, to be in control of it, right? Um, so yeah, that was mine. Yes, well, I think a lot of people would say this, but I've learned a lot in my career based on the mistakes that I've made. So some things that maybe have failed, um, I've learned a lot from that. And so if we're always jumping in to rescue people and always holding ourselves so accountable that we almost get in somebody else's way of being able to figure things out, then they're not going to learn. So I think that's great advice. Good. Jerry, what is a good leadership book or leadership podcast that you've read or listened to recently that you would recommend? Absolutely. Uh, I enjoy reading um, books and listening to audio books, podcasts, all of it. But um, lately, I've been reading a lot on psychological safety mm. and how to um, how to help your team also just feel more excited about the work that they do. Mm-hmm. And one book that um, really resonated with me was Alive at Work by Daniel mm-hmm. Cable. I think when a book kind of challenges you to think, maybe you need to make some adjustments in your style, you know, to, mm. to really take a step back that, that that's a good leadership book. So that, that did that for me. Okay, good. I'll have to check it out. Alive at work. I like it. Good. Letitia, what about you? Right. So first of all, I don't know if you saw me squirm a little, I was looking around and all the books I can see are all just <laughs> <laughs> manual on my desk. 
But you know, there's a book and it was recommended by um, our CIO the other day and it's how to get your point across in 30 seconds. And I hmm. think people like me who come from a technical background where we are very motivated to just kind of write really large pieces of work. It's not, we have to learn to speak the business language, right? To just mm-hmm. get your point across very quickly, whether you're speaking upstream or you're communicating down to your team, you're communicating to your team as well and collaborating with them. So that's what I'm, I've, I've just finished reading right now. So I think it, it's, it's, it's a good little book, not too big, but it was very impactful. Okay, well, if, if it was like a really big book and it was called How to Get Your Point Across in 30 Seconds, people oh, no. would probably be like, um, <laughs> right? I don't know about this, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. Good, good. Um, Letitia, are you a movie, TV, or book person? And what is your current favorite guilty pleasure? So I think I am, uh, I have to read a lot in my line of work. Mm-hmm. So what I try to do when I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm not working. For me, it's a movie. And I think my guilty pleasure is also a secret. And I don't know why I'm saying it here. <laughs> Mine is period dramas. Eh? That's how I relax. I like to watch old, you know, just history, historic stuff. That's kind of my guilty pleasure. My kids laugh at me all the time. So, <laughs> good. Jerry, and you? Yeah. Um, well, I enjoy all three in, in moderation, I guess. Um, but <laughs> right now, um, my family and I, I have two kids and we have a weekly Star Trek night. So oh. once a week, we, we've been working our way through the Star Trek Next Generation series. So it's a rewatch for me and my husband, but that's kind of our geek night as a, as a family to sit down and, and watch that. I love it. You're getting to watch something and you're getting family time. That is great. Good. All right, Jerry, you have had a stressful day and you're either going to get in your car, you're going to go for a walk and you're going to blast some music. What are you listening to? I'm not. (laughs) I'm not a music person, Amy. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. There's no judgment here. (laughs) If I had music on, I would just be tuning it out and lost in my own thoughts. Um, So I'm probably also not in my car because I don't like to drive unless I have to, Amy. (laughs) But I would be looking for quiet, right? And um, a walk through my garden if the weather is good would be how I would want to de-stress. That will be, that will de-stress you is having that quiet, getting a walk. Okay, good. Letitia. I think for me is walking. I like to walk. I like Mm -hmm. to get my AirPods and listen to my podcasts, sometimes music, but I also like to talk to just random people, especially when you're walking in the neighborhood and you just (laughs) random old man or random old lady or random neighbor. I love, love, love that. And I come home and I'm just, kind of just completely, you know, decompressed. I like to do that. Right now I'm listening, my kids pick my music because obviously my taste is not, you know, up to par. Right now we're listening to Hell, Hello. And I alternate between feeling sad and feeling happy when I listen to it. So. <laughs> Good. Letitia, you have a week to do anything you want to do. Sounds what do you do? Yeah, sounds great, right? <laughs> do anything I want to do so for me I think would be vacation or stay at home but the main thing would be no schedule I do that Mm -hmm. I think we're on such a tight schedule work pick up drop activities friends 
it's 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 the no no schedule like read, no schedule eat sleep maybe cook maybe not like that for me is just kind of always a treat i try to do that a few times a year where you just have a few days where no schedule you can do whatever you want to do or nothing that's yeah. good yes all right jerry uh, i'm off to the mountains with my family mm. if it's winter we're skiing and snowboarding and if it's summer we're hiking or bicycling or just enjoying being in nature mm. ah, that sounds so great mm. Jerry, fill in the blank. I can't live without blank. Well, definitely my family, but I guess to go beyond that, um, it it probably is that time outside, really. Mm. Like when I haven't just made time just to get out and, you know, wander a trail or something like that, I just feel more stressed, right? And so it's Mm. really a great way to just release and calm and, you know, make my mind peaceful. Good. Letitia, what about you? Well, like Jerry, I would say my family. But apart from that, I think it's it's my my phone. I think the phone is everything, right? I feel like I do so many things on my phone, right? All the people, I have family who live far away. So it's kind of like a life, lifeline too, right? Because you mm-hmm. communicate with the people I love who are all over the globe. I can read my news. I can read my books. I can listen to music. I can directions recipes i think it's my phone it's all it, that is i can get rid of my my book or whatever but my phone's really it gotta have that phone and that family that's good phone and family <laughs> <laughs> well thank you both so much for being on the podcast today really enjoyed our conversation hope you will come back soon and thanks again I just loved all of their advice. Stay curious, be lifetime learners, don't get complacent. I really like Jerry's idea of engaging her team on the retail industry topics, setting aside that time as a team on a consistent basis to share their thoughts on what's going on in the industry. I thought that was a great suggestion. I also loved Letitia's focus on why and really connecting the dots for people. So she not only develops expertise in her field, but she also has to understand that broader axiom context to be able to connect those dots. Some practical things we can try from their advice are intentionally finding that time to set aside to read through resources, maybe early in the morning, maybe on a no meeting Friday, and using the resources that you have available to you whether that's taking a look at a blog or maybe even just following our leadership team on social media. Thought they had some really good tips for us. Hopefully you enjoyed our discussion today. And remember, no matter what is going on in your world, today is a great day to be a great leader. Hope you'll join us again soon. 